Welcome to the LitFest podcast brought to you by Title No Title, a free monthly podcast where we discuss and delight in the Australian literary festival landscape, featuring conversations with writers, readers and festival lovers. Uh, welcome. It's 2020. 2020, as our diary says. You can't miss it on the front there. Mm. So 2020, very exciting. Well, kind of exciting. It didn't start Got off well. to Yeah, it was a little rocky. Ended rocky. Kept. Ended rocky. Mm. Started. Has continued rocky. Um, we live in Victoria, uh, which has been greatly affected by the fires, which have just been awful um, to kind of watch as an outsider as well because we live in the inner city. Well, you know, Metro Melbourne. Yeah, and I think for the first year that I can remember, we the the smoke and smog mm. really brought it home just how big, just how big it was, just how big. The... Yeah, when when our air quality gets affected, mm. especially when the fires are yeah. as far as you know, way up in Gippsland. Uh, you well, know I think the bad. first that first black or the first sm- smog that happened was coming up from Tassie, yeah. Yeah. which is just madness. Yeah, it's been hard. Um, obviously, hardest for the people who are directly um, affected. We've tried to get um, to some of the fire-affected areas to spend some monies. Yeah. Uh, went up for a bit to Myrtleford and the likes. It was beautiful. I had not been to the high country. I will go back. Mm. They were delightful. It is gorgeous. People, their breweries and their cheese, mm. appreciated it all. Uh, so we are doing a bit of a bumper edition. Yeah, because there's not a huge amount that happens in the literary scene during January. It's all work. It doesn't. Nothing much happens in Australia <laughs> during January. Yeah, I think the assumption is we're all off on uh, summer holidays, mm. which in actual a- fact is that we're all just trying to find places for our children to go. Yeah. For the school holidays. <laughs> Fun fields. <laughs> just, Fun fields was really good. <laughs> can you take them for a day, <laughs> dear listener? <laughs> that would really help us out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was, there was, what was in January? There was one thing. Wasn't there one thing in January? No, there was nothing in January. There's nothing in January. Hang on no, a second. No, no, no. Let so me, Amy's let me look at my it. trusty, trusty uh, diary. Literally nothing. Um, <laughs> Confirmed. And I'll, because literary activities are pretty slim on the ground in January. Uh, yeah, again, understandably. Um, but what we what we've really used January for, well, what I tend to use January for anyway, is it's a great time to just reflect on the notions of home and place, um, considering that the year's first national holiday is January twenty sixth, uh, being Australia Day. Change the date. Change the day. date. Change it. Get rid of it. Create something better. Do uh. do do something to actually celebrate. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't collectively celebrate, then it's not a celebration, mm. peeps. And I think it's a pretty, it's it's a pretty colonial issue. Yeah, which it's is issue uh, for, which for is colonial countries. which is is a hot topic mm. for our podcast today because we yes. are starting our first book club. We are welcome, welcome, welcome. It doesn't have its own sting, no. Uh, but it was so we have started the two books that we sometimes three. That we recommend mm. uh, each theme for each month. Mm. And so, yeah, this month was Taboo by Kim Scott and... And Black Work by Alison Whitaker. So we split the field mm. and read one of these each. 
which is uh, not customary in a book club for not everyone customary. to read a different book. But we found it interesting, like yeah. like listening to to each other's yeah, take and hopefully on it. you will find the same. I think yeah. um, it would just be it, it's just a different way to go about it because mm. I think we get maybe more of a spread if we do a book each as opposed mm. to also mm. life. Mm. Well, we'll see how next month goes. You know, sure. Mm. I make no commitments also no knowing commitments. I already know I already know that I've read one of them. So Yeah. yeah. Cheeky. So uh, Amo, do you want to start or should Let's, I start? Yeah, we can start with um with black work. So I've been getting in I've actually been getting into poetry mm. quite a lot lately. It's been one of the things that this year I decided mm. to explore a bit more because it's not something I've ever really been able to read and engage with that much yeah I hear that I think a lot of people would feel the same way yeah and and I what changed that for me is I started listening to Poetry Unbound which is this new this new podcast by the On Being peeps shout out we'll tag you yeah I don't think they need I don't think they need our shout out they need to know that they they need need to know that you're listening yeah yeah, I'm listening (laughs) I'm listening but on being did this beautiful podcast and I was out walking my usual walk along along the era um and the the guest on the on being podcast was this poet called Patrick Otuama and he's this catholic I guess he's like a social worker and poet uh, in Northern Ireland, mm. and he's done a lot of mediation work with oh. Um, peace, oh, okay. yeah, peacekeeping in Northern Ireland. Yep, and he runs this a church based community mm. called Corrymeela, and they do a lot of prayer through poems. And he read a few poems, and I felt like I was in a trance to mm. his voice as he read these poems. So was his poetry quite rhythmic? Like was it no. quite hinged on? So no, so much free, of it like was free? almost prose. It was ah. just it was it was almost like prayer. It was like prose. He was reading other people's poems as well. And poetry unbound, which is a, a separate little podcast as part of on yeah. being, is just him reading a poem. Ah. And I have found myself just reduced to tears with some of them. One really beautiful one called My Mother's Body, mm. which I was sitting doing the ironing and listening to this podcast and just just wept wow and so I found I've been finding poetry something that I can really listen to yep and I'm kind of likening it a little bit I suppose to music yes in that I can't sit there and look at a, at a piece of music and and feel and, mm. and and hear it I used to know somebody who who could who could read music and he could hear the notes in his head because he read music so well yeah but most people experience music through their ears and I'm starting to think that poetry is a bit like that for me. So do I foresee some like live poetry yeah, shows ahead? That's, I went and started to look for that. Sweet. So luckily Alison Whitaker, who wrote Blackwork, she is she does do spoken word and by all accounts speaks beautifully. So I read that somewhere as well when I was researching books for books for the for the for diary. Yes. Yeah. She but yeah, by all accounts speaks really, really beautifully. Mm. So I'm I'm on the lookout. She's not got anything upcoming right now, but I'm on the lookout for hearing her do some of her poetry live. You should just add like a, a Google alert on her name. I should. <laughs> Seriously, I should. just give an alert every time should. something I, happens. Well, she, I can't find a website. Alison, do you have a website? I can't find your website if you do. I've been following your Twitter but yeah. We'll tag you. We'll tag you. We'll tag you. <laughs> I don't, we don't have a Twitter. But So <laughs> black work, so coming into it saying that reading poetry is 
new ground mm. for me. I get very lost in a narrative in narrative prose, in narrative fiction and nonfiction, but but poetry is something that's a little bit un unnatural to me and is much more difficult to read. And in saying mm. that, this was so great to read because she not only is it really quite powerful language she's typeset or the 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 poetry has been typeset in this really unusual way where um sometimes the poem is is turned around in the Mm. in the page where you have to turn the book around to read it um sometimes it's got huge spaces between between words and the first it's split into a number of of books or sections and the opening section uh white work is incredibly passionate takedown of colonial uh, colonial australia i'm cool with it i'm cool with it but it's very yeah it's 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 really it's it's a it's tough it's tough to read as a white person it's tough to read and i think it's meant to be and Mm. i you know it got me thinking about so many works i mean this was published in 2018 and so many works by indigenous authors that don't hit white ears for often years and years and years you know we we mm. made the point before we started this podcast of the dark emu yep. controversy that's happening at the moment and i mean that was written in 2014 yeah and andrew bolt only got onto it it's been out there it hasn't been hidden. <laughs> it's been out there a long time yeah and um work yeah, people have read it a lot of work people have, yeah. have, have had read it and uh well i mean i didn't even read it until 2006 Seventeen, I think. Two thousand. Uh, yeah, I remember you buying it at the state library. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Because I think you that had was. a year of reading women. Yes, that was and my so first. So was your first that book was back. my first book by mm. a man after having my year of reading women, which was two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Mm. So, and I mean, for everything that has all the omissions um, and Bruce Pascoe's apparent non-indigenous heritage, that may very well be mm. the case. The book itself is a phenomenal book mm. and I can read it with all things in mind. Myself, yep. I can read it and say, okay, this there's still a lot to digest in there mm. that is is good for us to think about. Yeah. That maybe the black and white notion of what... I actually haven't heard any of the controversy. What is it? Can you, can oh, you dilute it in we, like 25? Will we? Will we? Yeah. So it's... um. So Bruce Pascoe wrote... Dark Emu. Um, Dark Emu in 2014, and it it essentially reframes what the indigenous yes. people were doing in in Australia when the colonial yeah. People so came. doesn't it doesn't it posit that they were not nomadic? Yes. So it posits. Well, it doesn't say they weren't nomadic. It was this but evidence it to suggest that it, there was agriculture? Yeah, that's right. There was plenty of agriculture, even government systems mm. and and dip, diplomatic systems between tribes, trades between tribes and really importantly um that it wasn't completely nomadic that there were there were big parts of land that had clearly been built up over many many years and used for singular purposes like yams or like like harvesting a particular single ah yeah so that's where the agriculture comes from yeah so there was there was a a, an agricultural system in place Mm. that worked with seasons and worked with different landscapes and whatnot and that kind of throws the whole reason for being of of colonial Australia coming in and saying, oh, well, it was just there wasn't much going on or whatever it was that Tony Abbott said 
Oh, it was well, just I mean, all of what he said is <laughs> largely dismissed. But yeah, <laughs> what what he'd said was, you know, when when they arrived, it was it was just there was nothing. Yeah. And what this book does is it reframes what nothing they really encountered and how much they really actually knew because he used um, he used the notes and and journals of actual white Australians and what they observed. Mm. It, those things just were chosen not to be focused on in sure. in history that. So what is the controversy about? So the controversy about it is that there are a number of passages in it where he has only told half the truth. Uh, So so he's kind of quoted sections but left out sections that may have... That may actually kind of provide a much richer notion but not so... But these are only a handful of... This isn't all of those those situations. And do they change... Do they change it a lot? Yeah, it does. It changes that there were there were some where he, he goes on to say, I think it was Mitchell who thought very highly of the agricultural systems and he says, he says Mitchell clearly th- felt very highly of these agricultural systems where Mitchell actually went on to say that he didn't think very highly of oh, them at all. No. So there was kind of... There were, or he didn't he gotcha. yeah like yeah. or a white per, he a, what he actually said was a white person has obviously been here so whether or not a white person had been there whether or not you know is up for debate that he had kind of skewed mm. a number of of passages in there okay. to suit his ends yeah. and what then has come out of it is that he's he's claiming aboriginal heritage and that is under scrutiny at the moment because is one intrinsically linked to the other though i think if you say you're aboriginal oh that's totally yeah but they could be two separate things right though so the work itself could still absolutely is still absolutely important Mm. even if there are elements that Mm. is that are important also that have been Mm. left out Mm. but then him claiming Indigenous ancestry is, is a whole other is a whole other thing. And there are some Indigenous wow. communities that oh, that's fascinating. Okay, yeah. so that's what so some that's Aboriginal the communities, at the yeah, yeah, some Indigenous communities support him and say yes, he is part of this community. Others are saying no, he's not. Mm. Yeah, so it's 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 a big mess, is what it is. It's a huge mess, and it's it's hard to to wow. read. But that it was written in, I think what my my point is it was written it was written in 2014 and it's taken a very long time for it to be read by Hmm. white people to even you know garner the criticism that it's that it's got it took five years for it to to land in the yeah in the hands of the people who would take it apart and bolt in late late 2019 so that that to me i started thinking as i was reading black work the very first book of it is incredibly i mean i wouldn't say anti-colonial but it's very well i mean yeah it is it's yeah. it's it's yeah. incredibly critical of of colonial and 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 i i wonder how long it would take <laughs> is what because alison whittaker is relatively light-skinned well is light-skinned as well oh, yeah, I see and I, I you know i wonder how long this kind of thing would take before before those things reach the ears of people um she's also alison is also incredibly Educated, she's mm. a, a Fulbright scholar, mm. Harvard, Harvard Law, amazing, and a lot of of the work reflects that. So yeah. she's got a couple of really heartbreaking poems that she's three of them that she's done, in which she 
pulls out the three most commonly used words in mm. really high profile indigenous cases like death in custody cases and and I think the one of it's called Exhibit Tab the the poem is called Exhibit Tab which is about the death of Ms. Du mm. uh, in custody and the most used phrase it's the first line of the poem the most used phrase in her the inquest into her death is first class constable Ugh. so it's sort of yeah very very like that that I felt that in my body reading yeah. that was a was a, a visceral experience that brings to mind the waterfall of words at Mona yeah. as well yeah which would be pretty powerful I yeah. think if you saw those you know I think visually those, represented yeah that's mm. it there is a beautiful and tragic and very funny poem where she lists essentially all the different ways to be black and all the different kinds of black yeah. people and that was that was um you like laugh and and then and then really yeah not laugh and yeah and yeah it was it's a roller coaster yeah it's a real roller coaster mm. but, that, but really beautifully lightly written for something so so heavy mm. um and I think my favorite line mm. <laughs> my favorite line was just from a, this little poem where um it's called the history of sexuality and she says ground knows instead of God knows, like she says, ground knows I've tried. Love it. And, and I loved it because, you know, God up there but ground down here. And, yeah. and That's cool. Yeah, I am going to use that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you recommend it? I absolutely recommend it. It is a really tough read. I yeah. would recommend reading it because I read it for this. I think I read it faster than I would like to read it. Yeah. And I want to go back and so read. So take the time to absorb it. Don't yeah. read it in one sitting. Read yeah. a couple of poems at once. Read some absorb. poems at once. Mm. I mean, even a book at a time, or even a, a section at a time, because they are it's it's sectioned into different um yeah different sections. Mm. There is also a huge part in the middle where she talks about slaughterhouses of abattoirs. Yeah. Glad I missed and, that bit. Yeah, yeah, and and that's quite confronting too. But it's about the industry of you know making making meat and and the job people who have that as a job and how little you earn and how tough you have to be to to do it, which is quite confronting. Yeah, that mm. um, that would haunt me. Mm. Um, ve- <laughs> vegetarian over here. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Um. Mm. Yeah, I am. Look, I want to read. I want to read it. Mm. Um, I've read a couple of them, a couple mm. of the poems. I think before I, I think I picked. Um, it was really hard to find. Oh, was like it in libraries? In, and in such. libraries? Yes, I couldn't find it in no. the library. I wandered into a couple of libraries and they didn't mm. have it. Um, but I always like that when mm. they don't because then they have they. Are, why don't you have this book? Mm. You should have this book. Have this book. But that's what we do. We recommend. We go in and we say, buy yeah. this book. So I might Absolutely. I might read you. I might read you one. Cool. I don't think I'm going to sound as beautiful as Patrick Otuama, who's just got this beautiful Irish accent. And I also, listen. you're a lady. Also, I'm a lady. But this is called BPM, which I'm assuming means beats per minute. I don't sure. know. Uh, but this is the one that is uh, describing a, the many different ways of being black. Do it. Of blackness. Building, building, building black, our flesh filling up them gaps. Ah, build love, so many blacks, how could I name them all? Inner city arty black, remote yet so connected black, welfare woman villain black, 
pension weaving striking black, work two jobs to make rent black, lawyer and professor black, third week on my couch now black, women's fighter healer black, deft protesting expert black, razor grower upper black, anti-corporate commune black, loving up bank exec black, compromised and trembling black, budding getting thicker black, meshed in the community black, only one in office black, open black, closet black, liminal and spongy blacks, football player hunky black, mermaid bearded chunky black, flaming black, complaining black, got afro got a mullet black, rooted in and by love black, two tids twined together black, brother with another black, with their cubby with their chubby bubbies black, mm. budding and transforming black, tender gender made real black. Did I name the healing black? Baby in his belly black, baby on her shoulder black, NGO stock photo black, mm. juvenile bad mugshot black, alternative school photo black, poem from his sister black, tid with silent first name black, all those loved and missed her black, gulping by a blank screen black, mm. heart is full and burst in black, cynical in armchair black, skin like cool and night sky black, skin like earth in flight dust black, Skin like fire course now black. Skin like glare off noon clouds black. Skin like black, skin like black. Mm. Mm. Wow. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah, it's got a lot of rhythm to it too. It's beautiful. Mm. I think all the loved and missed her black. Got, it got me the first time, it got me the second time, and I don't know if you heard it in my throat, but it got me again. I did. Yeah. I, did. Um, I think you'll hear me swallow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, thank you for that. Mm. I am not going to read from Taboo because it's a novel. Yeah. Uh, but I might, might, have, a, I might have a quote. Mm. Could you imagine? Now it's an audiobook <laughs> of Taboo by Kim Scott. Um, I'm just going to go make a cup of tea. <laughs> just going to go make some dinner. Uh, yes. So we did kind of have this theme when I was looking for recommended readings. And I'm glad I, I kind of in the end chose two really different work. Mm. So I read Taboo by Kim Scott. Um, what I will do first is I'm going to read a little synopsis that's in the book. So if you haven't read it, Kim Scott is a two times winner of the Master Franklin Award, which is quite amazing. Mm. Uh, so it takes place in the present day in rural southwest of Western Australia. I'm actually from Western Australia, so I did know some of the places that were in this it tells the story of a group of Noongar people who revisit for the first time in many decades a taboo place, the site of a massacre that followed this, the assassination by these Noongar descendants of a white man who had stolen a black woman. They come at the invitation of Dan Horton, who is the elderly owner of the farm on which the massacres unfolded. He hopes that by hosting the group he will satisfy his wife's dying wishes and cleanse some moral stain from the ground on which he and his family have lived for generations, that is five generations. But the sins of the past will not be so easily expunged so this is really interesting so we this is interesting the official synopsis says we walk with the ragtag group ragtag is a weird word ragtag to me is like secret seven boys secret seven hardy boys yeah yeah it was a really when i read that i was like ragtag this is no fun and yeah. <laughs> this is no rough and tumble sort of. Yeah, it is a fun word, isn't it's it? It's a fun word. Yeah. Ragtag is, and it's a youthful word. Yeah. Don't get that at all from the okay. book. Um, mm. So that's interesting. 
through his taboo, through his taboo country, and note in them, note in them, glimmers of reconnection with language, law, country. This is a novel of survival and renewal, as well as destruction, and ultimately of hope as much as despair. So it won a bazillion awards, mm. like almost every state's individual awards mm-hmm. for 2018 and or 2019. Uh, even some international international Dublin Literary Award. Mm. Amazing. So, look, it's a it's a really lauded book. It is a beautifully written book. Um, what you will probably, if you listen along, you will learn is that um, obviously Amy and I have books that we love to read, have mm. types of styles that we love to read. And so, yeah. you know, when you approach um, any sort of review, it is from that place, you know, because we're, we're kind of approaching this like it's a book club. I'm not approaching mm. it like I'm reviewing for The Lifted Brow or something mm. where I have mm. to be really balanced and have done my research and things like that. I have done some research, but I'm also... You know how many, you know how many awards it won? I've got them right here. I'm not going to list them. But um, uh, I, I'm i not good at reading anything to do with uh, like child abuse or animal abuse or that's why Amy was joking about the yeah. house. <laughs> um, and I also am not, I'm not drawn towards... Um, quite uh, kind of dark and desolate and really gritty uh, novels. So this, from the opening page, was we were trying to figure out the best word for it. It's like a, has a harshness, very similar to some of the other um, Australian novels, uh, like, um, was it The Lost Man? Lost Man and the Dry, like the and Jane the dry. Harper. Very much so. Um, Even the natural way of things have yes, that same. Yeah, mm. it kind of has that. Uh, it is beautifully written, as I said, um, and it's... It, discusses but it also has a supernatural element which i did not anticipate really yeah okay yeah yeah so there are parts of the novel that are told by like skeletons and um i can't even it's it's actually really hard so when i read that synopsis Mm. um it actually doesn't even go anywhere close to um how um, st- interestingly structured this book is and where it takes you and where you don't anticipate it to take you. Mm. So it kind of reflects on how the different generations um, lived after the massacre or the mm. assassination. Um, and, yeah, has, like, it, I, it, very hard to explain, but there is supernatural beings in it mm. from history Mm. Um, and that changes everything and so you know they tell their stories as well it's really interesting and it also talks about really contemporary issues like uh, you know colonialism and its mark on then every generation since of Aboriginal Australians Um, intergenerational trauma oh man so much intergenerational trauma it picks Mm. that apart like in a real brutal way that not not brutal way but it's it's laid bare and it's it doesn't apologize so mm. it just lays it out like it comes like that so you're reading it and you're like okay cool i'm learning a bit about this story you're starting on the storyline you're, you're meeting some of the characters and then bang there's a flashback and it's like far out what just happened it's mm. really in your face trauma mm. which again for me is really hard to because I, I tend mm. to avoid it so when it's suddenly there and I have to read it it's like oh 
this hurts my heart. But was it a bit transformational for you though? In that, like, are you would you venture out a bit more? Mm. Um, I think. I think I would venture out more only because I think I'm missing a lot mm. because I'm not. I feel like I feel like trauma is, and I don't want to say it's a buzzword, but I feel mm. like trauma as a subject. Oh man, I can't get away from it. No, well it's the zeitgeist. a book and I go, cool. What's it about? And they're like, well, it's about this death of a child. I'm like, next, I'm out. Mm. Or it's about this intergenerational trauma. No, mm. it's about like the deep. There was a death, or there was a thing, or somebody was wronged. And she it's does love a murder mystery, though. She'll read I like a Scandi. She loves a Scandi noir. I like procedural crime. <laughs> I like. I just finished, and this is why again. I think I just came off a French Canadian crime series, which is lyrical and beautiful. I would suggest it is lovely literature. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not lovely of, murder. It's not um, <laughs> lovely murder. Mm. It's not, uh, you know, it's not like in Midsummer Murders. It's not mm. fluff. I don't think it's quite beautifully written. It's mm. lyrical. It's got beautiful um, rhythm, um, and it's also beautifully translated. Mm. Uh, and then I started reading this, and I was like, slap! It slapped you in the face. <laughs> oh. uh, but I think it's important because it is about storytelling as well. Mm. And, you know, how important storytelling is to not only the world but to the, any Indigenous Indi- yeah. um, culture mm. and how that how it dying is goes hand mm. in hand with the culture dying. Yeah. And, yeah. and particularly through language and storytelling. Yes. I, <clears throat> I even found with um, – I, I had to look up some words in black work. Like I had oh, to look I up like what, what does what – is, I, I had an idea of what Tidham – like I, I had an idea that Tid was like sis, but mm. she uses Tid a lot. Yeah. And I thought I, I'm gonna. I, I mean, I hope that that's like, that's like. Could shorthand. you imagine if it was just? But like I a went looking. I know word. a completely different. And I went looking, and it is actually really hard to find mm. what indigenous words, particularly indigenous yes. vernacular words, are. Yes. And that in itself leads to a certain loss of language and a loss of storytelling. Well, also because there are so many different languages. Yeah, yeah. You know, the country is huge. Mm. And so there were mobs that had language that mm. no other mob had heard mm. or were not even remotely similar to mm. what they had. So, uh, you know, unless that was captured again, you know, in Indigenous culture, capturing anyone's image is not a thing, you know. it's That's not something they mm. hold with or do. Mm. And so even the concept of capturing storytelling in written mm. is not a thing or, mm. or like a recording it mm. is not a thing and so that's again why paintings are so important because they tell mm. their stories it's mm. how they told them or even i think that one of the most important things is that there is a listener yes. because the idea is that mm. the story gets told but then it yep. gets told again and yes. it gets told again that we don't we don't have to write things down and prove yeah. that they existed and put them in libraries and cages and that it, you tell it to a person and the person cherishes that story so much that they tell another person mm. or that's that's how they are supposed to make their way. Yeah. Yeah, this has a lot of child abuse in it. Yeah, it's okay. It's not fun. Mm. Uh, it's very confronting to read. Um, I love, though, that it is it, – there's, there's, like, the – I don't want it to sound like it's, like, a um, – it's more gothic than it is – uh, like supernatural. Okay. 
Yeah, okay. Sense. Yeah. So in its storytelling, it's a bit more like a like a haunted, mm. you know, um, retelling of a story as opposed to mm. like aliens. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, that's what, what I, I mean? imagine so when you gothic, said it. it's more gothic. It's not yeah. so much like it's not. You know, mm. so like, yeah. I don't know. It's not like Lord of the Rings. Do you know what I mean? No. It's not yeah. that. Yeah. Um, that would be a weird mix of genres. Yeah. More uh, Wuthering Heightsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mood. Yeah, mood. The mood. Moors. The Moors. Oh, the Moors. Heathcliff. Uh, <laughs> so many. The Moors. The Moors mm. has haunted me since I read that. Well, that's a different kind of starkness. So I feel like mm. we, we often sort of put Australia's starkness mm. as as a backdrop for stark conversations mm. but there like there's starkness everywhere in the bleak. world there'd be there'd be some bleak shit i read in... some great novels murder mysteries about <laughs> the bleakness of iceland oh yeah you know like that yeah. terrain is unforgiving yeah also, in it's the almost the way polar opposite, opposite. Yeah. yeah that's right literally polar literally opposite. yeah polarities Polaris. <laughs> closer <laughs> to a different pole <laughs> literally so yeah, look, so I, I do I absolutely recommend it. I think um, if you are a fan of all of the popular novels that include trauma in mm. them, mm. Uh, you will this will be fine for you as far as you know it won't like you know trigger warning sort mm. of stuff. Um, but I think it's really important. I think it it's that type of um, writing that kind of you should take your time with because mm. again i'm a speed you're a reader. speed reader too and so yeah. um, i can feel the actual breaks in my brain like mm. having like a pulling back like when you pull on the handbrake not when you mm. press it's like that because mm. my brain goes wait 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 we are I missing too many ahead. words i skipped ahead and i don't actually know what i just read mm. at all mm. because all of these words are in a different order than i expect them to mm. be um which is a good thing because mm. I think it you slows get you down. Yeah, I get yeah. into the habit of reading too fast, and then I mm. you miss those nuances. And so this is nuanced. So I had to slow down, which is great. Uh, so yeah, so that look, it's essential essential reading. Would you say? I think so. Yeah, I think as I think as as much as I would have said, Dark Emu was essential reading in twenty seventeen. I know. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I it still, still is. I still I still stand by that. Even you just got to go in with your eyes open. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. So, yeah, yeah, I think essential reading. I think this should be um, something that everybody reads um, as part of their book club. What a fun book club. No, it's good. There are Yeah. <laughs> trauma. trauma. The book club. The theme of the year is trauma. Mm. I'm out. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, look, that's the, those are the two books. What um, mm. we would love to know is when we post this is um, what your thoughts were. So we might... Yeah figure out um maybe on an instagram post or something for you to leave your little yeah reviews. leave your leave your leave little your thoughts yeah leave a little leave a comment review yeah comment review i want a comment review mm. i also want mm, like if you want to do like a little um story review mm. just insta story insta story mm. review just tag us because we'll collect mm. them and put them on yeah. our instagram too yeah um because yeah i i we, I always get more out of uh, reading a book after I talk to people about it. Yeah, me too. So, February. What is what is on? What's on? What's on? Hey, so we we jump straight. We jump into it now. So February, they kick off. We've got the newly revamped Literature and Ideas program as part of the Perth Festival. <gasps> mm. I spoke to Sasanka. She spoke to her, and her voice is like 
She's like butter. He's like butter. He really I is. sound like a five-year-old <laughs> with a cold next to her. She was delightful and uh, mesmerizing and great, gracious and uh, all of the things that um, disarm you <laughs> when you're trying to ask questions of someone. Uh, she was fabulous. So we have as a companion to this podcast episode we have an interview with Sasonka uh, it may be a little average quality because we were in the top floor of an old building at the University of WA for that people were laughing next door the building was creaking there was a leak no no angle grinders though look I haven't I've only listened to it back once there still might be <laughs> um yeah, look, it's delightful. She's wonderful, um, and she's the curator. Was yes. that what was that was that the the role curator of curator the, of the literature, literature and ideas program? Yeah, yeah, as part of her festival starts oh. on Monday. Starts on Monday, mm. and also her book is one of our recommended reading. Yep, for next month. For next month, this is going to be great. Always another country. I think we're going to fight about that one. Mm. I'm going to read it anyway. Read it I don't anyway. care. I don't care I if you read it. I'm reading it reading before anyway. I interviewed her. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and Breathe by Tim Winton. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That'd be a nice reread. Nice that will re-read. be a nice reread, actually. You can also, after you've read it, watch it. Yes, of course. I feel mm. I haven't seen it. I haven't. No. Mm. Well, that's all right because this isn't a film review mm. podcast. It's enough of those. There is enough. Uh, so that's what's happening in February. Also, would love to know if you're going to the Perth Festival. Mm. Because uh, the the uh, literature and ideas program is just part of the Perth Festival, which goes for a while. So we'd love to know if you're going. What are you seeing? Who are you seeing? Who are you seeing? What are you excited about? Yeah. Why? Why? Mm. And we hope you read along. Uh, so we're back in March. Yep, we're back. March. We're back in early March. So we'll be we're going to try to do earlier in the month. It's just been one yes. of those one of those months that was a little little trickier to. Jan. Record January, February, school, all those school things. Holidays, mm. um, summer, all that jazz. So mm. my birthday, mm. be busy. Oh, yeah, be mm. busy. So yeah, if um, we'll be yeah, we'd love to do. We'll, we'll try and do an earlier one, mm. but uh, look, we definitely do it at the start mm. of March for for the the wrap up and the reviews. And until then, uh, have a wonderful rest of February, rest yeah. of summer. See you in autumn. Don't get too hanged up about it. I'm really excited. <laughs> it's been hot, but it's been Wet. sporadically hot. Mm. It's been hot, and then the next day it's been 19, and yeah. I haven't been able to put away any goddamn cardigans. Yeah. This, mm. this is – I have it's no sympathy for anyone. I mean, first world problems. Mm. But anyway. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.